you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Check. All right, Thomas, how we looking? Y'all good. I like this. <laughs> you like this? Yeah, it's a good combination. I, I, this is, I've never seen, this is a good combination. I like Thank it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, uh, Rome, you ready? Yeah. You going to bring us back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, bro. Let's do it. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'm Peanut Tillman, and this is the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast. And today, my co-host, Roman Barbara Walters Harper. What's up? What's up, Rome? <laughs> What's up, Peanut? Um, thank you. Um, I don't know why I'm Barbara Walters today, but... Because you look uh, older than me. That's why. I mean, if you're going to call me somebody, I'd much rather be uh, the one lady that got locked up, uh, Oh, she'd be with Snoop all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martha Stewart. That's it. Yeah, let me be Martha Stewart. You're going to be, uh, who you going to be? Oprah. I'm Oprah. Okay, but Martha Stewart's be... not a journalist, though. Barbara Walters is a journalist. Mar- hey, Martha Peter, Stewart doesn't do that. This is my podcast, too. So I'm going to be Martha, and you're going to be Oprah today. Let's go. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Right now, we got a special guest. Uh, this guy played 15 years in the NFL, five-time pro bowler. He was an all-pro, 2002 uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year winner. Uh, right now, he's the executive vice president of football operations, Mr. Troy Vincent. Thanks for having me. What's up, R? Yeah, throw him <laughs> up. Throw him <laughs> up. <laughs> so, man, when when I when I grow up, I wanna I wanna be just like you. Just, I'm just I'm just saying that. I'm 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 real thrilled to have you uh to have you on this show because I I think you are the embodiment of what we talk about when we, we talk about, you know, your second act of what you're going to do post, you know, post football. And 
what you've done in a short period of time has been truly amazing to watch and see. Well, it doesn't feel like it's been a short period of time. I lost my hair. <laughs> you see, I'm now bald. <laughs> well, we gonna talk. We gonna talk about that. We we got some for for the hair. Again, we always start to show off with one of the main questions. And for me, I knew it was time to hang up my cleats, even though I didn't want to. Um, played the game, tore my ACL when I was, what, 36 years old? So at that point in time, yeah, chances are no one's going to pick up an old corner. We played the same position. So when did you officially know it was time to hang up your cleats and retire? Probably year 11. Um, okay. Year, yeah, year 11, I knew that I was – kind of in my seventh season now in Philly, I was told by both Aeneas Williams and Hardy Nickerson at a Christian retreat, we were just talking about transition and, and Reggie White, and they were sharing with me, like, when do you know? They asked that same question. When, when would you know? And Hardy was the first to jump out there. You, you, you understand or you know when it's your time when you don't want to do the things that you love doing before. Mm -hmm. Mm. And he gave the illustration, you know, Hardy used to bring it and he loved contact. Well, I was that same way. The things that I used to do, the things that I was known for, I just, I didn't want, I just, I wasn't loving that every single day. Right. And that was around year 11. And then we had some young guys in Philly that was, they were about to just explode, but mm. I knew it was about that time. And I could buy a few more years, so to say, just based off of what I had did previously. But year, no question, year 11 when I knew, you know, what it's really about that time for me to that expiration date on my body. I felt it. You know, you're talking about that because you played 15, right? Yes, so sir. you still bought some time like you spoke on. And I've listened to some of your other podcasts, Troy, that you've done. Kind of just piggyback on what Peanut said earlier. Man, you are a living legend. You were on my wall when I was growing up because you played DB. I watched you growing up from your time when you first got into the league to when you were dominant, truly dominant with Philly, going to Miami after that, continuing on prolonging your career. It's really special to watch and also seeing you now post-career. You truly are the, the vision board of what every other NFL player says this is what it's supposed to look like when you play football for as long as you do and still be able to take advantage of the time you're in. And then once you're done, continue to move on with that. So I just want to make sure I gave you your glory as well on that. But uh, you talked about when you had the young guys behind you, Lito, those other guys behind you, they were never going to become the players and the leaders and the stars that they were going to be with you in that same position. That you, as long as you were in that locker room, you were almost being a hindrance to their true growth of who they were supposed to be. Could you maybe talk on that? Being a good teammate, a good steward of the game, making sure that everybody continues to pull back, you know, reach back and pull forward. Uh, the way you were able to do that is example as a player and now also in your position now. Yes, sir. And, and our, I would just say, one, thank you for the kind words. But I was, I was brought into the National Football League when I was drafted by Miami. There were veterans like John Offerdahl. And yep. in the back end, there was a gentleman by the name of J.B. Brown, played at Maryland, that these individuals were the ones who kind of shared with me. Yeah. I had a chance to see what leadership was, in mm -hmm. particular around John Offerdahl. He was a middle linebacker for us, number 56. He taught me how to be a pro. And what is being a pro? Showing up every day, yep. 
you know, taking care of your business, detailing your work, but being a student of the game. Fast forward, when I went to Philly, Bobby Taylor was there, but I was, even though we were only three years apart, I was still considered a veteran. Again, fast forward, maybe year six, I think maybe uh, five or six, you draft uh, Lito and Sheldon Brown. And Doc was there. Doc and I came to Philly together. You had Bryant Westbrook, but Doc. But I was the kind of the, the, the leader in the locker room. One, I was a PA rep. Uh, two, I had a good body of work on the field where my where the teammates respected you. Mm-hmm. These men were phenomenal leaders. They were for good for the best football player ever played with Brian Dawkins. But he didn't have to talk. Why? Because if you wanted an answer, you had challenges that you whether it was with the head coach, the coordinator, front office, hey, Troy will handle it. But you you were watching these young men, in particular Sheldon and Brian and 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 that's Brian Westbrook as well, but dog, mm-hmm. you saw him growing. But you knew that you need to leave that nest. You need to leave so that these men could be really, truly what God has called them to be. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, I think I did what I needed to do there. Obviously fell short of a Super Bowl, won a lot of, a lot of football games, championship games. But it was time for these men to, to be who God had called them to be in the locker room. And that's exactly what happened. And went on to Buffalo. And I was that hard for you to do though, leaving them? No, was sir. That, was, no, that, was, sir. That, was that no, sir? It, and and I, I mean that sincerely, really? because I, the game has done more for me than I can ever do for it. Mm-hmm. And my walk with Jesus Christ allows me to walk into that meekness and understand this is not only good for me, because selfishly I could have stayed. I got the same contract offer in Philly to stay and close out there that I did in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if the, the, the story would have been the same with mm-hmm. Brian with Sheldon, with Lito, with Westbrook, and even McNabb. So um, I didn't, no no regrets, and it was just all part of, I felt like my body of work and my DNA, but just leaning on faith. I think one time you, I saw you speak, it was earlier in my career, and I think you might have said you wanted to, you might have wanted to have a uh, an investment firm or financial firm or- Yeah, that. And I, young in my career, I, t- I took note. I, re- I still remember that to this day. And I was like, man, he playing football. He want to be a finance. He want his own bank. Okay, okay. He on some, he on some other stuff. He on a different level. What prepares you to, to, to have that type of mindset? How did, you, how did you get your first job? How did you get that first internship? I've been very, very intentional from mm-hmm. high school. Like football was not who I was. Football was a way for me to get a free education. Yeah. Come back home and help my mom. Period. But I knew there wasn't going to be nine. It's crazy to have that mentality so young. It's crazy. But go ahead. It's it's so mature. When you saw what I saw in Trenton, New Jersey, I didn't want to be what I saw. Right. I wanted no parts of that. And then when I gave my life to Christ at 16, sport was just a mechanism for me to, to advance, to accelerate in life. So I was always intentional every year from year one to year 15. If there was a program or resource that was available either through the NFLPA, mm-hmm. through the league office, or the club, I was there, hands up. And I was one of the last people that the team was going to cut. 
they was going to keep the quarterback. And I know they were going to keep me based off of my contract and my yeah. performance. Right. But it was just, I treated every year as an individual year saying that I got to get through this year. I don't know what the team's going to do. And I never priced myself out of the market. Cause most said, man, you really, no, I did exactly what I thought I should do. Cause I never wanted to go into a season where I could be a cap casualty. Why? Yeah. To say that I'm the highest paid at my position. Uh-uh. I was always tag transition. I'm good staying one through five, one through 10. Why? Because if the season doesn't go right from a win loss standpoint, you bring a new coach in, who are they looking at? Who making the money? And how do I restructure the, and people are going to measure you? Well, he's making all of this money and he's only performing at this level. So that was my mentality every year was to perform. I had no incentives in my contracts because if you were paying me the three and a half million dollar base salary, four million dollar base salary, why are you at giving me an incentive to lead, lead the team and pass breakups or interceptions? That's what you're paying me to do or to play in this many games. So my mentality was just different. I don't want any extra. Just pay me for what I do on Sunday, Mondays, and Thursdays. It's just amazing that, I mean, your mentality, I wish you would have been the veteran on my team early in my career. Maybe Hell yeah. You know, this is really great. So this is something that me and Peanut really love to really deep dive into, especially not even on the podcast. Bless you. Excuse me. Is that um, after you retired, how did you handle your identity, like personally, and publicly, and like, what was that new normal like for you, uh, being tied to the NFLs for as long as you have been, and now you're no longer a player. We all kind of go through this uh, this sense of uh, this feel of like almost lost at times. Well, I think it begins why you play, and how you represent yourself. I was representing the body of Christ, my wife and my family. I happen to be an athlete. So just managing that, and I would share that, share that with any mm-hmm. pro or any athlete, you have to control who you are. I played the game. The game is not, you know, and I'm still to this particular day in that new, new normal, that transition. From time to time, I, got, I have to debunk the myths that are associated with an athlete. Yes. Black athlete. Yes, all the time. So all of those things, and to this very day, in my in my position today, as I raise my children, so but you have to be intentional about it. And I I was very intentional about how I showed up from in the locker room. Hey, looking over. Nope, I don't do any interviews when I don't have no clothes on. And I tell my teammates that you know it was just the little things. How to engage with the media, being transparent. Managing that brand, uh, your personal brand, frankly, it, it allowed me to be in a position I'm in today. I'm not surprised because all of the things that you and I learned as you all were leaders on your team, all of those are transferable skills that nobody told us in the C-suite. Everything that we learned about communication, resiliency, teamwork, communication, those are intricate values that the game presents to each of us that play and they all transition over to the corporate world. Mm-hmm. I know the game's done a lot for you, but you've also done a lot for the, for the game as far as like uh, helping players out in their second acts. I know you brought the, uh, um, the NFL 
business management, the broadcast boot camp, and how receptive are current and former players of you in the NFL creating these programs? I think they've been extremely receptive. I'm a product. Yes, you too. And what makes me proud? Why people go? Well, why do? When I see individuals, my colleagues, Mm -hmm. like Peanut and Roman, you all make me so proud, make us so proud because this is who we really are. Right. Like you represent the best of who we are. But oftentimes we get one or two examples and everyone gets painted with that same brush. Yeah. So my affinity and love, as I always say, you can't lead the player if you don't love them. And loving Mm -hmm. them means you take the good, the be- everything that comes with us, because we can be a mess at times. But you can't lead us if you don't love us. Right. So when I watched and I read and I was mentored by, I would feel like some of the, the best and then my pastors, it was, okay, why are we not succeeding? Why aren't people giving us the opportunity? We finished college. We play ball, our ball is our resume, but we have all of these skills that most great leaders in Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies have, but we're not getting a shot. Right. So as a player, I went to the University of Penn. We talked in the mid-90s to say, how do we create programs that will allow players to get an introduction into things that they want to do mm-hmm. or have interest in post their playing experience? And this I is mean, why you were playing. This is why we playing. playing. 1996. This is awesome. awesome. So were you a rep in 96? Yes. Every okay. Tuesday, every Friday, that's where I spent my time on campus. Hmm. Meeting with the professor saying, we have players that want to get in real estate. They don't have time to go back to school. Can we do certificate programs? Can we do programs that will allow them the introduction into these businesses. So broadcast all of the all of the boot camps, mm-hmm. all of those things were created back in the, the mid-90s. And they have year after year broadcast boot camp, all of those things, the Harvard programs, yeah. Northwestern. It was so that the player had an opportunity when he took the helmet off, whether it was him, his spouse, his partner, to go back and learn some of the things that are important if you wanted to get into this business. Right. I didn't even know you you were doing that while you're playing. The fact that you made oh, yeah. time. It, this is unbelievable that you're sharing all this with me because I don't think most people know this. We know, Troy, you gotta understand, most of us, the first time we ever meet you is when you're doing that media training when we first get in. And the yeah, one thing that you say that always stands out is what you just said earlier is that, hey, the media is an outlet to your brand, that you must work with them. It's the way you tell your own story and working with the media. That's a first introduction most players get to who Troy Vincent is. So Roman, when you say that, <laughs> remember, we all come into the league where they say, hey, what does the NFL stand for? Not, Not for long. long. Not no, for no, long. no, 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 uh-uh. <laughs> We're gonna flip that. Right. Yeah. The NFL means notice for life when you do things right. Ah, see, see, I'm using that. These are the nuggets that we need to be sharing. Yeah, we have to. If we do just a little things right, you don't have to be a star. Yeah, you're true. People that we come in contact with from a media standpoint, business standpoint, partnership standpoint, people standpoint, we actually are put on notice for life 
if we just treat people right. Yeah. So true. But we always lean to, oh, it means not for long, not for long. Nope, we're going to flip that. <laughs> or the no fun league. Yes. So, and you probably hit on this a lot, and you, but I want to know from your perspective, because this is some of your terms that you, that I've heard and read that you use, is that what is a servant leader and what does that mean to you? So servant leader is someone who is, I, I serve, I'm using the term I, mm-hmm. I serve those who are really leading, mm-hmm. even though I may have the title structurally, but I'm a servant leader. I want to address what you want to do. I want to serve you because when you went, I went. So that servant leadership is being selfishless. I mean, just my ego, I'm okay. And I use this now in in my management style. This goes to that servant leadership. I always say no author of ownership. I don't need my name to be on the paper. I don't need to be the person that's at the podium speaking. Allow me to serve you and the world and the team and everybody wins. Were you always like that? No, not always. No, sir. No, sir. Peanut at the age 21, you couldn't tell me nothing. Right. (laughs) And if something happened, I wanted to make sure I got my credit today. It's not about credit. And peanut, I'm also ready for transition at any time. Mm. So I don't take anything for granted. I don't know if you can see in the background, my bookcase. Yeah. Well, that bookcase have books. So that the next leader who is going to occupy this seat, whether that happens, they want to make a change tomorrow or next Mm -hmm. week. When I pick up my book bag and leave tonight, I don't own any of these things. Mm. But people have they can go right to the book and see my notes from yesterday on the topic of football. Yeah. So I I'm updating these things every day so that transition is smooth. Right. Continuity. Yeah, that's right. So someone can take what has been created and take it forward. Rumors and speculations. And you went from player engagement to being the, the VP of football ops. Do you want to be commissioner? No, you don't right want now, the job at all. Right now. I serve the commissioner and I serve yeah. the game. I see I hear you say that you serve the commissioner. That's really, that takes a lot, a lot of self. I don't want anybody to get it twisted. Yeah. yeah. I am owning my space today. Yeah. And I and I get asked that question all today. I serve Commissioner Roger Goodell. And I'm waiting for my wife to tell me when it's time to come home so we can go back in the community and continue <laughs> serving the community. Uh, but I get asked, I see what he goes through. I'm good uh, right where I'm at. Yeah. I love maybe, the game. Maybe I want to get your job. And yeah, that, that might be a good one. I'm, you go I'm be commissioner and then I take your job. Well, yeah. you can serve me. Uh, no, I, I do that anyways, Peanut. I do that anyways. You know that. So, so Troy, number two things we got to get accomplished from this this whole thing. Number one, we're gonna get Peanut a job. All right, that's number one. We're gonna get somehow or another. We're gonna work Peanut into this job thing. And then number two is we got to know because for you to start off on the player side, now to go to the NFL side, and as players, we all know who Troy Vincent is. We have all this like this love, this understanding of how you great, how great you are and how much you've really improved the NFL side of it. Like the NFL's in a much better place since you've crossed over. Are you ever going to be able to come back? And Rome, my position there is I, I never left the game. Yeah. 
I wore one uniform. I served as a as a yeah. I never was an employee of the Players Association, but I served in a leadership role. Today, I served a game. And my uniform may be a different color, but the mission is the same. Yeah. It is ensuring that NFL football is the best and the most competitive sport in the world by serving the game as you, the player. So it's never changed my mentality. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't a crossover to me. Hey, listen, I ran for the executive director's position. Lost. Didn't get the position. Right. I didn't go home and grab the ball. And I just, (laughs) hey, at that particular time, God said no. Yeah. That door closed. But my passion for the game itself and the players, past, present, and future, will never change. That's that's what's up. Well, uh, we're going to hold those thoughts because right now we got to pay a couple bills, so y'all stay tuned. <laughs> got to pay these bills, boss. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. So, Troy, I know Tracy, her office, TP, her office is uh, right around the corner. TP, Trace Perlman, great friend of mine. I text TP constantly about the rules. I am texting. I am tweeting the NFL, uh, the refer- the officials. I talk to Rome. I talk to all my boys about the rules. How do you deal with the constant criticism with, with your jobs as it pertains to, like, rules and stuff? How, does, how do you deal with that? Well, one, you have to re- – that's part of it. Just like a player, you got to take yeah. the good with the good. You take the not so good when it's not so good. Right. You just have to stay stay even keel. Okay. With, and I get asked a question, if there's one thing that you would do, uh, what would you change with the league? Mm -hmm. 
continue reducing that rule book. I think that the rule book, because it's you're talking about 180 plus pages of rules, Ooh. and it's really complex. And if it's com- if it's complex to the player, mm-hmm. and sometimes to coach, it could be really complex to the fan. Oh, I don't. I so, still don't know all the rules to the game. I, correct, and that's so reducing that where just the average Joe, the average Mary, could just say, "Oh, I understand that." But I would say this. And this is one of the things that I've learned just over the last six years. The mm-hmm. official is the is the common enemy. I'm gonna repeat that. <laughs> the official mm-hmm. has become the common enemy. I was just sharing this with Coach Fuel, who heads our uh, officiating department, mm-hmm. him and, and, and Walt Anderson, just yesterday. I said at the end of the year, one of the things that we have to make sure. And we have the data to support it and the video to support this. The gamesmanship at our level today is something that I've never, ever seen before. The gamesmanship that goes on in strategy. Oh, yeah. Where you think that, you know, like the deception that is created. Not only are you trying to trick your opponent, guess who else you're trying to confuse that you're confusing? You're bending the rules as much as you can. And Roman, we do not talk about that enough. And literally, I said, okay, I did that. For eight years of my 15, I did the officiating reporting. It's not because I I was a big fan of the umpire or the back judge or the side judge. I was giving my teammates an indication of this is what you can get away with with this crew (laughs) or with this side judge. And we all know. After the second series, we know how we're going to play this game today. Yes. Because you know what they call and what they ain't going to call. Exactly. Yeah. So, So, Troy, I think that's so important that you're up there telling these guys that. Because so when I got to New Orleans, Sean Payton, I'm sure he learned it from Philly, being with you guys and around that whole Andy and everybody else, that the officials report is big. When you know what official group likes to call – Holdings really prevalent this week. Hey, pass interference this week. They're last in the last in the league in personal foul calls, so they're gonna let you live a little bit. So, like these things, and referees have personalities just like players. Oh yeah, that, that is so important. And everybody right now is really on the roughing the passer. And I know, I know the thing about you guys in the NFL that makes it so good and so hard to argue against is that you guys got the stats and numbers to back it up. Yes. Right. No, data. He said data. He didn't say stats. We've got the data (laughs) deep. All right. So, and I want to share this, and this is not for you, Troy, because you know this, but I want to share it to the people and the listeners is that everybody's complaining about the rough and the passer call. The one that happened with Grady Jarrett on Brady, the one that happened, it's been a few this year that's been quite questionable at times, to say the least. Chris Jones and the the Grady Jarrett was the ones that has kind of really, really, really elevated it, right? So in 2018, through week six, we had 53 roughing the passers. In 2019, you had 59. In 2020, through six weeks, you had 43. So a trend in the down in 2020. 2021, you were back up to 52. And then in 2022, this year, through six weeks, you were all the way down to 38. So the behavior is changing. So you guys are really affecting the game without really affecting the game. And everybody complains about how soft it is, but 
I want to use your word in your terms is that it's just the game is just different. It's, it's not different soft. Game. It's just different. It's kind different of go game. into that and help us out. Yeah, so, and I think this is important for we all grew up in the era, and I use this term. It's a different game. It's a safer game. Mm-hmm. It's a better game. I grew up in Trent, New Jersey, and in Lower Bucks County, wanting to play for Buddy Ryan. <laughs> Buddy Ryan's defenses had the, uh, let's say, this aura or this reputation of putting people in the body bag. That was the mentality. If you were coming and wanting to play football, you were you just learned the game with bad intentions. That was it. I fast forward, knowing what I know now, and I've always been on the player protection and the health and safety. I'm looking at my teammates, and I'm seeing my teammates at 45 mm. and at 50 in conditions that they should not be in. Right. So it makes me pause and just say, okay. And as Willie Lanier said this to me maybe 12 years ago, Troy, you can't allow our sport to become a blood sport. We all want the same thing, to perform, get our ball on, make our paragraph five, go home with our families in one piece. Mm. But when you we, we allow the game to go to that next level where it becomes a blood sport and people are trying to take each other's head off, that's not good for any of us. And I use this, which I typically never go in this direction because it's really commercial. In 2021, 91 of the top 100 TV shows in America were NFL games. Why? Because they love points. They love the excitement. When we look at from top to bottom, these young boys are getting it on. Troy, so... It's so true. And Peanut was, he was so ready about, he was ready for this part of the interview. Like, this is what he's been geared up for. Peanut, you know why, all right, when they call illegal contact, it's five yards. It's not, they're going to give them a first down because they want points. Like, it's just, all I'm saying is just from a defensive standpoint, mm-hmm. help us out. I get 91 of 100 top shows. Can we get a little bit of help on defense? I'm now I'm I'm a little biased. I'm talking to my defensive players out there. I'm looking out for them. You said you're looking out for your teammates. I'm looking out for all defensive players in the NFL right now. I'm just trying to make it just help us out a little bit. And they if have- I hit if if I hit a guy after five yards, why is it an automatic five yard? Automatic first down five. Just just move me forward five yards. You know what I'm saying? Why I just help us help us help us out defensively. Help us out in that department. I get points. I get people want to see points on the board. People say it's a boring game when the score is 10 to 3. I think the defenses are balling. I think that's a slap in the face on us. And like, many man, of us would agree with that. We many can't have agree. a good defensive matchup. How come it can't be two? defensive coordinators just going at it like man these guys are playing chess that means the defenses are playing amazing i hate 45 to 33 where's your defense at but i get it it's it's a brand I, ah that's well, bad I football say, so but listen this is what i would say to this 
Now remember, now this is not the league office. So don't be sitting here blaming Troy. I'm not. I'm not blaming. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm not, I don't have a I'm vote. Not. You got thirty. You got thirty-two member clubs. If you really want to impact the game, here's one I think you can appreciate. Okay. Tell me why pass interference is a spot foul. Why don't you just make that like college? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Them, them fifty-yard penalties are huge. Bingo, Shoot. you can't recover from it. And what you, typically when you get that 40 to 50 yard penalty, oh. the next play, he can kick a PA, I mean, a, a oh, field, field goal. goal. He's yeah. already in field goal range, but what? When those teams are in that red zone area, the percentage of them scoring is through the roof. Yeah. So, hey, we really want to change things. All membership has to do is, hey, or the coaches make PI. Uh, a yardage, a, a yardage. Uh, I've been saying that for a while, though. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm all it. for that. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. So, so Troy, I got one rule thing. Um, this is the only thing I'm on my soapbox about, and this is just that you know, as a former safety, having to set the edge, and you did too. I mean, the fact that I can't just take the old lineman's knees out anymore. Now I got to take them up high. I'm dude. I'm just saying, like Troy, I'm I, I, for that one, Roman. I was, <laughs> and I, hey, full transparency. I'm on you all's pod on the podcast here in my second act. That w- that was one that that's what I'm not proud. Okay, I appreciate of that I, of, of what I did. I got six trophies. I'm not proud of those six trophies. And people go, "What do you mean? Six people are not didn't play because of what I did to them coming off of that edge. Yeah, they never returned back to the field." So I people go, well, how does a big block a little? I know if I get the top of my helmet or the side of my helmet, if I hit that right spot on that knee, it, he's it's over. Those are the kind of things like things like cut block, chop block, block yeah. side. Those things were like, think about it. even the term itself. We grew up in an era where a blind side block. Peanut used to used to, you know, help out your teammates during the week with 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 um restaurant gift cards. When you got big hits, big tackles inside, I mean, hey, think about that. <laughs> we talk you know, offline when we not yeah. record. You deplete somebody, you deplete somebody. Yeah. You know, we, you, it's just a different, I can't go to a parent today and ask their kid, to, hey, your kid should be participating in football. Yeah. It's hard. I understand that. It's, it's, such a, it's such a unique situation to be in, too, because – Troy, what you're saying is not, you're not wrong. But, like, we grew up with this different mentality. Look, I played for junior buddy Ryan and Greg Williams. And it was like, that was the mentality. You can say it, because I played for him, too. (laughs) That was it. What did he used to tell you? If you cut the what? Oh, so, if you if you if you uh, kill the head, the body will die. That was it. Come on, man. That's what you did. That's not right. Because we know better, the Bible tells us, because I read that, I'm now held responsible for his word. Yes, yes. Because we know better today, gentlemen. Again, it's not, man, T done got, no, I'm not getting soft. But I got kids and I got grandkids. I'm, I'm speaking to millions of parents. Yep. About their children participating in the sport that we love. Yes. I get, that question comes up all the time. I respect that. I like it. I like that. Yeah. And did you change, also, did you change your view, Peanut? I want to hear bit, it. A little bit. You changed Just, it. A little <laughs> bit. You changed look, it. Look, my wife won't even, she doesn't want my son to play football until later. And also because 
football is a sport that you can pick up later in life and still be great at it. Understood. You were a great example of that yourself, Troy. You were mostly a basketball player, track guy, um, up until you got, what was that, Pensbury High School, right? Yep, 11th, 12th grade. Yep, until you were later, uh, you were all about being uh, baby MJ, Michael Jordan. So you cut your hair bald back in the day. Now you have to cut your hair bald. So, you know, at the time you you made these things happen and just maybe speak on just, you know, finishing us off here, kind of getting us ready up out of here, is that as you go back to these high schools and have these conversations with these young moms, dads, about their family and their children participating in the sport that we love, you have to lean on the health aspect of it first. And I know you really light up when you talk about the health and safety and all the things that you guys, the strides that you've made in football. Well, it's a non-starter if I don't. Yeah. It's where they want to begin the conversation. And then it allows, it sets the stage for me to talk about all of the things that the game provides whether they play professional football, go to college. But the strides that have been made from return to play, we just adjusted the the concussion protocols, Mm -hmm. just the advancements in medical, the advancements in equipment. Today, we can can be on the offense talking about where our game has evolved from a health and safety standpoint, player protection. 12 years ago, we were defending. I mean, we were backpedaling. We didn't have any answers, but I just think the evolution of the game, the athlete today, bigger, faster, stronger. And now with flag, if I can just a little, let me get, put that little plug in. I talk about the future of football is flag. I didn't say the future of professional football, Mm. but when we think about flag football and football being for all, it literally is, it, it takes down all of the barriers Mm -hmm that other sports and our sport currently used to have with gender, race, class, disability, flag football, there's a position in a place for everyone. Oh, and yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. Rome, I think we should definitely get on a, a get a, 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 a pro football flag team and we can get it together. I think we can yeah. do that. In, until somebody pull a hamstring <laughs> or do something crazy. It sounds great. Like it does on paper. It sounds great. That's we should get a Legends flag team. Yeah, we should get a Legends like flag one of my team. old coaches. And I'm like, bro, that sounds great on the whiteboard, coach. But yeah, yeah. Until we got to get out here and run it, I'm feel yeah. you. But Troy, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming um, out on the show. Uh, this was fun. You did good. I'm so proud of you all. Thank hey. you. Keep doing what you do. Thanks, Troy, man. Appreciate it, man. You really not only informed us, you really blessed us with your time, uh, your knowledge, your experience. And I hope the listeners got all that too, man. This guy is amazing. And uh, I would tell anybody to, anytime you can spend any type of quality time and sit down and listen to anything Troy Vincent has to say, you better try and do it. It is well worth your time and your experience. Thank you, man. And I want to also thank all the listeners for tuning in. Please, please spread the word. Give us a rating and a review. Make sure you hit that click on that follow button anywhere on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or anywhere else you may get your podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.